The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. That's not what you brought me here for. Why would I ever let a straight white man do something freely? Yeah. Fuck you. That's not the game we play anymore. It's 2018. Yeah. Like, mm, no, you Trump's mean- president. You're all under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really more of a 2016 way of thinking because in 2018, you could be like, it's 2018. And we're like, yeah, look who's in charge. Right. <laughs> 2016 is the great time to pull the year out on us. 2018, yeah, that, I mean, not so much. I mean, look, I, not, to, not to take a, a serious turn right away. Uh, but you know, uh, fuck your energy. Um, I, I, I always hated that. It's 2016. You're not allowed to think or talk or do it. Like it's such an ahistorical way of looking at things. Like fuck you and your dumb ideas about this inevitable progressive march. Like we can descend into fascism at any moment. Like the Weimar Republic preceded Nazi Germany, I'm right? Write like, down Weimar Republic, wherever the fuck that is. It's cabaret. Think cabaret. Think like LGBTQ trans cross-dressing performers having like the time of their lives before Hitler was like, kill the Jews and also the gays. Like, yeah. Well, I'm going to find a place to put that. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hit record and be like, mm, I mean, like, I'm going to put it somewhere. We'll it <laughs> That'll be useful. Let me get it quick. <laughs> What's up to all the porn professors, slutty scholars, and whore historians? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to my show, uh, the Man Whore Podcast, where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. We have never had sex. We never have. We will never have sex. You are technically. Uh, I am not co- attracted co-host. to you. Oh, ouch! That no, was <laughs> that felt unnecessary. That went a step. I uh, let the record reflect. Yeah, sure. You know, no thank you. Also, would have been fine. Uh, fine. Also, when proposition. All right, whatever. <laughs> you can't afford me. No, that's that's definitely true. One day, one day. Uh, no, Probably well, not. You're already hearing the, the voice of my co-host for this intro, Caitlin Bailey. Uh, Who waits for no intro. Self-proclaimed mouthy whore. Yeah. Um, Thank you. We just uh, finished recording a wonderful bonus episode that you're going to hear uh, that was uh, came out last week. For all my $10 and up patrons, so if you want access to that, all you got to go is uh, pledge on Patreon, and you get access to that, as well as 100 other uh, bonus episodes. It's a good one. Yeah, it really was. Uh, we talked about the state of sex work and stuff like that, we're, we're, we're going to discuss a little bit later. Um, but first, I want to remind y'all, uh, we don't have show dates, but today is the last day for you to receive a limited edition hand-drawn sticker drawn up by none other than Rosa S. Candone friend of the pod uh that's gonna be available to all my two dollar and up members on patreon i'm gonna mail those out december 19th which is today so if you're not pledged today you don't get them i'm not selling them you never get access to them so uh you want to head on over to patreon.com slash man or podcast because uh, i'm making a list i'm checking it twice and i'm mailing that shit out no stamps.com ad here okay yeah 
Um, <laughs> so, so Kaylin, we were, we were like, oh, you're on top of your shit. I haven't mailed my Patreon things. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we, I also love my Patreon supporters. I don't know any of their names. I've never fulfilled any of my promises. We do bonus episodes sometimes. It's often me just reading from primary source material. <laughs> it's great. That's great. Sell. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Become a Patreon member. Why? I don't know. It's <laughs> that's that's a good, you know, and not the best. Start, I don't understand how things work. <laughs> we'll we'll talk. <laughs> well, but but we just did a really great show. Um, that you know we discussed we discussed the state of sex work, which I had already thought we were going to talk about that when I first mm-hmm. hit you up, and then only recently my Instagram went down. So obviously yeah. now I am upset. Yeah. About censorship. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to the dystopian future. Yeah. You're a sex educator. That makes you a whore too, according to these puritanical bastards always. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, th- th- since I reached out to you, there was the, the community standards change on Facebook. Yep. Uh, Instagram. Yeah, the Instagram, Facebook's now coming out with that. Tumblr porn came yeah. down. First they came for Backpage um, and not enough people said shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. We had a vote in Congress. Every we had multiple votes. There's yeah. a House vote, it's a Senate vote. The only bipartisan piece of legislation that this clown car <laughs> has been able to pass has been a dumb law targeting whores. And don't you think that's an interesting, th- um, like a, a false thought people have is like, well, the conservative. No, no, no. no when it comes no, no, to no. sex workers, there's like no yeah. political. The censorious ally. liberals have been just. I mean, like I, I say this line a lot, and so fans of mine are probably tired of hearing it. But like Sesta Fosta bill combines the conservative fetish for punishing sexualness with the liberal instinct to quote unquote help a population of people they can't be bothered to understand, and mm-hmm. it's all a nightmare. Yeah, we uh, we we got what was kind of nice was this year there were a couple uh, politicians. Who mm-hmm. not just like when asked the question, but in their platform yes. on the website, yes, where they say, "Here's my shit." Yes, sex worker rights is starting to uh, jump into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones wrote a great piece about that. New York Times covered the uh, you know untimely and tragic death of Yang Song. Like we're starting to see more mainstream press, and they're starting to be uh, real political activism, which is why mm-hmm. I'm starting a new job as the director of communications for decriminalized sex work. So. Uh, check that out. So you might, you might, my first TV credit might be yelling at Laura Ingram, telling her to call me a whore if she wants to just stop putting us in jail. Yeah. And and we talked about this on the, on the bonus up, but just the, the concept of that, you know, where this all comes from, Mm -hmm. you know, when people like stuff like these Instagram standards that are now going to start affecting normal people where, you know, whores have been just like, we've been people this whole time, you monster. Oh, you mean, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, those people. Fuck you, racist. Oh, uh, you know, look, I've been paid for some. Things. Okay, yeah, you're right. Get under this big red umbrella. I'm. I tried to. I tried. You know, I was up at my on the was it technically called International Sex Worker Day or was it? Yeah. So it was like July. You know, June second or something. 2nd. Right. Do you know what that celebrates? Um, Pop quiz. Worker, I mean, sex worker. Rush. Fuck you. No. So June second, nineteen seventy five, two hundred street based sex workers in Lyon, France, occupied. Uh, a Catholic church to protest police brutality and new regulations that were making it harder for them to work and also not going after serial killers because time is a flat circle. So uh, it made huge international news and it launched uh, what we now call today the the international sex worker rights movement, essentially. Mm-hmm. But just the idea that like Sesta Fosta came yep. and no one said anything and mm-hmm. then they're coming. Now they're coming for the sex I mean, no, talkers. not no one said anything. Sorry. The sex worker rights movement screamed bloody fucking murder. And just like always, we were right about everything, you dumb cunt. 
and y'all will be written out of the history, history of when, this movement when we correct, for sure when we when we write the chapter in the history book of how someone <laughs> saved internet censorship it'll probably be a white dude it's probably gonna be you <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh no i hope not <laughs> stab you to death in the dark <laughs> So yeah, but what what is the state of sex? I would say one of the things I, I'm curious about that we didn't get to was We're always innovating. Yeah. Well, what what speaking of the innovation, what do you think is the biggest roadblock for someone trying to get into sex work right now? Um, no previous fan base, no previous clientele. Post Sesta Fosta wants to start. You're making a face of like, why would someone do that? No, I mean, like, yeah, cr- I mean, besides the usual like criminalization and stigma, um, when I started sex work in 2004, I found on the uh, World Wide Web um, a message board with like an FAQ section that helped me understand safety precautions and protocols and like what what was expected of me and what was expected of my clients and gave me a, a good framework to advocate for myself. Like, yes, you must show me your ID. Yes, you must wear a condom. Yes, you must have references. Uh, yes, you must be on time, you know, basic, uh, basic, basic things. Um, and now I don't know how somebody would find that. So I think that one of the, the things about the amateurization of sex work that we've seen with like sugar babies and seeking arrangements and it's like young girls misunderstanding their value on the open market and confusing a $500 bottle of wine with a $500 in cash. Um, and you can't pay your rent with wine that you drank. That's an experience for him. You become sort of like an accessory in his fantasy night, but having access to nice things is not the same as having access to capital to make your own choices. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that the lack of protocols and communities enforcing standards that give providers um, real power and choice is what's, is what's missing. And that's the, the result of removing the ecosystems that we built for ourselves on the internet to keep each other safe and to provide each other with, with backup. Yeah. Yeah. Where we can't promote "quote unquote" sex work, right? Um, which technically, I or do. information about sex, or yeah. female nipples, or art. Yeah, it keeps coming from like uh, the same source people, and just persi- I mean, then then as we talked about, like that's how we got the Tumblr porn ban, <clears throat> right? It all comes from that. So yeah, it's so interesting to me. I know I said this on the episode, but I want more people to hear it. It's like in an age where we're seeing like a real resurgence in fascism. Thank God we have a government that has willing to crack down on the existential threat of uh, tatas. <laughs> yeah. Well, God forbid these women had their own money. Uh, that wasn't. And it it all the the big the big fundamental fear and like the the fight that we've been having for six thousand years is the existential threat of female sexual autonomy, mm-hmm. its threat to patriarchy literally, and its threat to paternalism. And it's like if you question yeah. the paternity of things of, of, of things of people, <laughs> like it was, there's a two year old going like we're people. Too. Nah, nah, nah. No, it, I mean what's true about me is that it doesn't matter how many sex uh, it doesn't matter how many people I have sex with. I'm just going to know it's my baby. So like mat- matriarchal lineage literally makes the most sense. Yeah. And once you divorce yourself from that sort of natural state and impose uh, paternity as like the lineage path, then that justifies the the curtailment of like women's freedom, right? right? Like, and it justifies the violent repression of the freedom of movement, freedom of expression of women, because you have to protect them from like all the dicks, which I think is a great segue into... <laughs> 
the, uh, our question. Yeah. Uh, so I got this email advice. I got this uh, email in from a from a listener. And Are you gonna I, read the whole thing? Yeah, I'm gonna read the email, and Great. then you tell me what you know, so you can sit and percolate on the. Can I chime in during it, or do you want me to let you get through reading the whole fucking thing? Feel free to chime in. Okay, Just, great. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would say leave your big uh, fucking you know uppercut. I don't know how boxing, which is the strong one, uh, but you know whichever the punches that's hardest uh, to the end. Just because there's going to be a lot, and I feel like there's. You look like a man who's never been in a fight. <laughs> Ouch! You're just full of you know just full of insults today. I've been in a fight. Hey Billy, uh, I uh, I'm trying to find the beginning. <laughs> it looks long. Well, just you yeah. Me so, read it. No, she just she reached out to me on Instagram first, and then was like, "Oh, I was like, hey, you know, send me an email. That's easier, okay? I can't, I don't want to do a long, important message with my thumbs." She writes, "Hey, um, so to recap, uh, I am 18, and so is my partner. Okay, so obviously, I know this isn't the best sex I'm ever gonna have, or at least I hope not. Great insight. Yeah, but it's still pretty good by my current standards. Sure." I have no qualms about how we interact at all. However, we have a kink relationship with a strict, obvious dynamic, which, while fun and exciting, is kind of restrictive for me, considering I'm a switch. Okay, I feel like I like this person, uh, maybe I even love them, but here's the issue. Uh-huh. His idea of open relationship feels restricted t- to me. I'm a bisexual female while he's a heterosexual man. Mm -hmm. He has every right to do whatever he wants with women, given he follows my personal rules. Condoms at at all times and all that. Great boundary. Right. And I don't control who he can sleep with in any way as long as I don't share DNA with them. But he has multiple times expressed that he would rather I don't be with other men and instead exclusively interact with other women. Now, don't get me wrong. I love girls and I usually end up with them anyway. But something about this no dick policy makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can sleep, <laughs> like he can sleep with 100% of his preference and I can only have 50%. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm being unreasonable with this, but it makes me feel strange. I don't often sleep with other people. I'm picky. So I feel ridiculous bringing this up, even when I don't have a specific man I want to sleep with right now. Sure. But it, yeah, but it also feels important to say, because if I'm out and a cute guy is hitting on me, I want to be able to act on that and not worry about some sexist notion that men are competition, but women aren't. She diagnosed the problem. It is a sexist mm. notion. Absolutely. And also, uh, people are allowed to be sexist in their sexual preferences because that's like uh, i'm sorry you're not done oh no sure i mean you're basically answering the good the, the and she ends with like her three questions her, basically her questions are yeah where do you think it's coming from am Patriarchy. i wrong for being upset no and how do you think i should act well that sort of depends on on how whether or not you want to continue the relationship and what boundaries matter to you so i would say uh some reading material because this this is going to come up uh, over and over again in this young person's life. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I would say to her and what I would say to listeners is like familiarize yourself with The Chalice and the Blade, uh, which is a great book, or When God Was a Woman, which is another great book. Um, and it's about sort of the the history of the imposition of misogyny on human culture and like what that transition looks like. And at the heart of it is... Uh, paternal insecurity and like and male insecurity and a rejection and a defiling of the goddess right and so you can look at other cultures other other uh yeah other cultures and other times women have had different positions in in culture but you're this this visceral sorry you're gonna edit this right sure Okay, this like visceral 
uh, rejection of like other dicks yeah. is very old and it comes from a very violent, very patriarchal, very misogynistic place. And it's the cornerstone of, it's like the justification for the violent suppression um, and confinement of women, right? Mm. It's like keeping other dicks out of your wives and daughters so that you can make sure that all of your sons are your sons so that they can get all of their property. But there was like actually a time uh, when women owned all of the property and things were done through the matriarchal line. And if, yeah, whatever. We can talk about that. The, the only thing on his on that type of history I have to like the on one fact I have to add is like sure. the the origin of the word economics mm-hmm. had to do with women running shit. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Right. When you talk about like temples of Ishtar and like you can nerd out on that history sure. until the cows come home and, you know, scream bloody murder. That's the conceptual like where does yes. this come from? Where does for this him? come from? But like I I think it's like uh when we're talking practically, especially with like young dudes who have not been active really that for that sure. long it's you know you gotta there's a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. and i encourage her to like ask him right and i, like, I would why, like i think when you ask why enough times yes not to like be like a louis ck bit but just like if you keep asking why like someone will either realize that they're wrong yep. or that you know they'll they'll just break down yeah and I, I i think that that's true and i think that it's important to ask especially men in this culture to articulate their reasons for their internalized misogyny mm-hmm. on this issue of like asking them to really examine where that comes from and what they believe because it's just the way that it is or it's just the way that I feel is like an unexamined false belief. Now we go our whole lives with unexamined false beliefs and you and your boyfriend unfortunately are operating in like a fairly misogynistic like territorial culture that still views women's bodies as as possessions and things to be controlled now i love that you guys have an open relationship i love that you guys are talking about this i think that's wonderful but like everyone is allowed to establish what their own boundaries are. Mm -hmm. Yours is condoms. I think that's really reasonable. And like your justification for it is that you don't want to get an STD or deal with your partner impregnating someone because that sounds hard. Mm -hmm. Like that sounds great. But if you meet somebody who says, I will not abide to be fenced in that way. If that's a deal breaker for you, then that means that, that's a deal breaker for you and you have to end the relationship. So this guy can be wrong and also still decide that it's a deal breaker for him. So I think it's important, especially at 18, you know, probably this isn't your life partner, right? (laughs) But you are establishing patterns and learning how to set and articulate boundaries. So I think, you know, meditate for yourself, what your real lines are and and ex- and think about this relationship as an experiment, you know, and ask this guy to articulate where he's coming from and decide for yourself what your boundaries and your red lines are and recognize that he has that same freedom. And just because somebody's wrong doesn't mean that they won't leave you for dumb reasons. Yeah. And just because like he has a boundary that you don't like doesn't mean you're wrong if you decide you Absolutely. don't want to be in that relationship Absolutely. at all. Like you're allowed to be like, that's a fine boundary for you to have. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm out. Yeah. But I also would encourage her not to uh, fall for the I feel. Sure. As, as his like when you're asking the whys. Because I feel like I, I I can see it going. So why why no other dicks? And the first or the second layer will be, well, it makes me feel, I sure. feel this. And I'll be like, 
No. Well, because it's his, sex that doesn't involve him yeah. necessarily. So it's not like when a girl, like when he's like, why can't we do anal? She's like, it doesn't feel good. He's like, right. well, that's right. Different. Because yeah, that's sex that involves that's the person. This is sex that doesn't involve him. It's not like he has to be with the dicks. Yes. Um, so don't sell for that feel. Like continue to ask why. Be like, also, why do you feel that and way? And also recognize that your feelings are just as valid as his, mm-hmm. right? Like he's entitled to his feelings and you're entitled to yours. So he can feel uncomfortable with you being exposed to other dicks and you can feel uncomfortable with him having feelings about that like those are and that's that's an emotional impasse and that's why um egalitarian relationships are hard uh and which is why we just elected a boss for the last six thousand years it was easier when one member of the relationship was compliant property but we're not doing that anymore Mm -hmm. so you know welcome to adulting the other solution that is not my favorite mm-hmm. solution, uh, which I don't know if it would be yours either, but there is the argument to be made that you guys can say, okay, we're not going to do an open relationship, but if you like still are like, ah, I need to get my pussy fixed, I want to be able to do, right? You can still have threesomes together sure. with female part, with female thirds, but I also, especially with someone so young, do not like rewarding bad behavior. Right. And so that feels like you're giving him the gift of like, Fine, when we hook up with other chicks, I'll just make sure you're there. Not like I feel like he's not going to learn that the one penis policy is sexist. Sure. Um, but that is a I, technically a valid solution. I to will your also problem. say from a tactical perspective that I think it's good that you don't have like another specific dick in mind because I think it's much easier to have the like theoretical dick conversation than it is to talk about like billy's dick specifically right because then he can picture the the scary dick yes yeah picture picture the scary dick yeah um i also think as part of the feeling conversation and when you start delving into the whys i think uh at the heart of this like penis possession narrative besides patriarchy and misogyny and possession and like all of that jazz is a real insecurity um, of his like fears about losing you. And so I think talking about emotional boundaries when it comes to, um, you know, outside the relationship sex is, is worth having, right? Like, are you guys comfortable what, what does emotional cheating look like? What about like, you know, whether... Can I fuck people? Can I date people? It's a, yeah. Right. Because I, I do I do think, you know, you're, you're 18, you're probably in school, there's probably a job. There's a lot of competition for your time and emotional energy. And so maybe this guy thinks that like women are better at taking care of themselves and doesn't want like another dude competing for your like feminine attention mm-hmm in that way but like, i don't i don't yeah. know i don't want to go we don't too... we also don't know the boyfriend but like right these are all like things that very well could be at play right and a conversation is going to be the the best way to figure out what exactly it is yeah. but just i think we've we're providing a lot of things to look out for because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bullshit a guy will spew in defense of a policy like this absolutely yeah and so i think that like Arm yourself by reading Chalice and the Blade, When God Was a Woman. Familiarize yourself with the history that led to just the way things are or like whatever. And then uh, understand that this isn't the first time you're going to have this difficult, thorny conversation. Mm -hmm. Good luck. It's going to be over and over again as a as a bi yeah. chick in the world. Yeah. And thank you for all of the education you're doing. For me, me and my fiance are doing uh, monogamy for now mm-hmm. is what we're is what we're doing. Is it a thing you guys raised as a 
we see this is what we will want later, but now is this? We see this as a, this is what we want now and as a building block for a long future, but treating um, infidelity or the potential for opening our relationship is like a non-emergency future issue. Yeah. Of like something, something to discuss and communicate. Not, it's not a, it's not a big red line or like a, a deal breaker for either of us. We're, we're choosing not to make, extramarital sex an emergency absolutely and on either side of it like the the fear of it or wanting it yes neither yeah right and like you know like right now um i don't want to have sex with anyone else but life is long and i you know we we are both very aware of the impacts of you know child rearing and familiarity and and all of that all of that stuff so it's like something something to be discussed and continuously negotiated which i think is a good relationship policy no matter what your sexual arrangement is that is horrifically reasonable oh thank you (laughs) uh caitlin thank you so much for your insights and for telling us some more about why we should listen to sex workers yeah uh because they keep being right and it's scary times uh where can people find you where can they listen to the uh your podcast the oldest profession and also if you can tell us maybe like a line or two about the dcsw oh absolutely so uh you can follow me on twitter at caitlin bailey it's k-a-y-t-l-i-n uh you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at old pro podcast and please listen to episodes we have over 50 the oldest profession podcast every episode we do a deep dive into the life and context of an old pro from history a uh, sex worker mm-hmm. um, and the decriminalized sex work is a new lobbying organization that is taking a state-by-state campaign strategy to try to decriminalize uh, sex work on a state level uh, before going national so yeah Fantastic. we're doing we're doing what marijuana did what gay marriage did uh, what progressive campaigns have done before we're experimenting uh, with small states with cheap media markets <laughs> to see if we can help change the stories we tell about what it means to be a sex worker and how dumb it is to lock us up. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, and the oldest profession, I highly recommend, uh, especially, I haven't listened to the old ones where you had like a co-host, but like the Stormy Daniels episode, the Sylvester Stallone episodes, great ones to start with. And uh, Caitlin, thanks again. Well, I'm glad Caitlin uh, could join me and, and help out with that question. But now it's time for the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Giving a shout out right now to Ken Curson, who is, uh, let's just say, giving me more than just some patronage. Thank you very much for the book, kind sir. Thank you very much to Buckshot LaFonk. Uh, just like you, I was also knocked out of our fan whore fantasy football league playoffs this weekend. Damn you, Saquon. But uh, hey, hey, buddy, there's always next year. Am I right? Thank you so much for your support. And a big shout out to The Mariah Report, which is, a, uh, which is another podcast that, I shit you not, is all about Mariah Carey. And they've been running for years. Now, if you were thinking to yourself, well, like how far can you really stretch the concept of a Mariah Carey podcast? They do twice a week, everybody. Twice weekly. Some call that bi-weekly, but then I don't know if bi-weekly means like twice a week or every other week, and it's very confusing. But holy shit, that's a lot of Mariah Carey in your life. Honestly thought she was only worth like a three-part miniseries at best. But hey, Mariah Report, thank you so much for supporting the Man Whore Podcast. 
And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Podcast. Before I get to my guest this week, Brian Watson, I do want to talk to you one more time about HotMovies.com, everyone. Oh, boy. Yeah, for about six months, I have been promoting HotMovies.com, a wonderful pay-per-minute porn site, uh, because I really do think this is the future of the porn industry, is a fantastic, ethical, and, might I say, affordable way to pay for some of your porn. The porn industry has so many free trial offers. There's so many. You can watch so much porn for free if you manage a bunch of, uh, you know, free trial memberships. But what I don't like is that when the trial is done, there's all these like secret fees or these hidden subscriptions. You know, they say, oh, you got a 14 day free trial. And then they don't tell you or, well, they told you. But, hey, who's actually reading the fine print? Yeah. 15 days later, you end up with like a $75 charge on your credit card. Hotmovies.com doesn't pull any of those shenanigans. I should know. I put my credit card down six months ago, and I've been a happy man ever since. Head on over to Hotmovies.com slash bonus. Use promo code MANHOR. It's been fantastic working with this company uh, for most of 2018. Uh, I really do believe in it. And like I said, I use it myself. I used it last night to watch Girlcore, uh, Girlcore 3. All right, now for this week's guest, Brian Watson. Oh, well, Brian Watson, to pull the curtain back a little bit, is a, is a fan of the show. Uh, we, we've been chatting online for, for several years, like probably most of the years I've been doing this thing. His, his Twitter handle was like, at History of Porn, seemed like someone I should pay attention to. And then he ended up uh, really digging the podcast, and then he became a patron and then he came the man whore con. I mean, dude is all in on the man whore podcast community, but that's not why he's here. He's here because he is a porn historian, which is a real thing, apparently. Yeah, he wrote a book called The Annals of Pornography, How Porn Became Bad. And he also co-hosts uh, the Ask Historians podcast, which I should mention. Ask Historians is one word when you're searching for it. I had on Brian to discuss, you know, obviously pornography, uh, but oh, so much more. And I'm not even going to try to to list all the topics. I'm just going to let you listen to me with friend and fan whore, Brian Watson. He's like a big one with a big tube in the front. Oh, wow. So you're, what you're trying to say is your microphone's bigger than my, my microphone. My microphone's much bigger than your microphone, Billy. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I saw differently at Man Whore Con, so what do I know? <laughs> uh, but y'all are hearing the wonderful sounds of Brian Watson. Uh, you can say hello. Hello, guys. You've heard the show. I you know how this show. works. Yes, I have. <laughs> what, have you done show dates already? No, not yeah. That will have <laughs> already have happened in the past tense, or for me in the future, whenever this comes out. It must be mind fuck. Yeah, they, we're gonna be dealing with like a different natural disaster or Trump tweets by the time this comes out <laughs> than the ones we were dealing with this morning. Let's try to resist checking Twitter then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you're hearing Brian Watson, who is a porn historian uh, and podcaster and fellow fan whore. That's true. Accurate. Those are all real things I am. Yeah, not just not just a listener, but everybody a patron. He's in the peep show, the champagne room. And if you're not, you're missing out, but we'll you know talk more about that later. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, so you, you wrote a book. I did. I haven't written a book. I, you've written a book. You probably should write a book. I I feel like you could, you have the right angle for it. What would I write a book on? 
How my book know? is called you could write a book on your adventures uh, i feel like that feels hacky what just another like guy with our face talking about sleeping with women i feel like people i mean are dumb. like white men have been telling how to do sex forever so like you basically have the market cornered yeah no but i thought i thought we we're in a transitionary <laughs> period where like we don't need me as much to do, like, I feel like me having the podcast is just the right amount of Billy in the world. Anything more, I feel like I'm. I feel like your angle would be like, let's talk to all these sex experts for a year, and then it's like, what have I learned? I have thought about trying to like, what if I, what if I did like a one man show of just like how to get laid, but obviously like in the front, I go back to my usual advice to dudes, which is uh, stop trying to get laid, <laughs> stop being an asshole. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like when you stop, when you, you know, when you have take your eye off of this like penis and a pussy thing. Then you <laughs> get less anxious. You get less entitled. You stop being an asshole. You you treat women like people, and it's just so weird. Like when I treat women like humans, they tend to want to get naked with me. It's kind of an amazing concept to actually consider women to be human beings. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fucking weird because like they're not, <laughs> but we should treat them like they are. Oh, we're and then two they... white dudes talking. We're, we're, we're heading on a bad track now, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you think that's bad, you should have heard me at Desire. Oh man, uh, I think I think after the gender bender type conversations I was having with Kenzie, uh, it was just kind of like I think I'm the transiest cis guy she knows. And then she was like, "That's so accurate, but so uncomfortable to accept." That that is like straight up snowflake melting right there. Oh, her snowflake heart melted, and it was great. <laughs> Last time we were on the phone, she uh she made like um. I would say it was like a rape adjacent joke in a way <laughs> on her own. I did not bring up the topic. And then she realized she's like, did oh, I just make a rape joke? And I'm like, yeah, you did. She's she, like, oh, no. she, you've been bad influence on her. Well, you know, I try. I try. You can be the good angel on her, a bad angel on her shoulder. Yeah. Well, we're talking about uh, Kenzie, who you've all heard on episode 200 and you heard on the desire episode. And, uh, you know, if you came out to Manwork on 2018, you, you would have met Kenzie? both Kenzie and Brian. And me, but I'm not important. But more like you and Kenzie. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I guess do we cla- do we cla- do we count as metamors now? Or I guess technically, is it the first time you had a metamor on the podcast? Would that would that be accurate? I, I'm sure I've had one on and maybe just didn't even think about it. But yeah, I guess just we technically talk at count as metamors. Sure. Yeah. There we go. Or Eskimo <laughs> brothers, as like the the dude bros would call it. That's the old school way of referring to it. Yeah, but you know, metamor, it's got that O U R that many Americans <laughs> kind of trip up on. You want to have words that uh, that are easy to spell. Metamor. You know, I can't, I, don't I trust... butcher the spelling of metamor probably three times a day. Well, according to the M- one Amazon review on your book, there were plenty of typos <laughs> and spelling errors uh, throughout. The that's, br- that's pretty brutal. Uh, don't worry, I, so, like, the first that's edition... not your fault. That's your editor's fault. Huh? <laughs> no, it's fine. No. <laughs> well, tell us more about your book, man. So the book is titled um, "Annals of Pornography: um, How Porn Became." Did bad. you purposely try to fit the word "anal" into your title, or just I have no idea what you're talking about? I have a right. I have a right hey, to the God. Uh, it's about the history of obscenity. I start kind of at the Renaissance, which, as we all know, that's where history really began. With the Renaissance, none of the things that happened before nothing, counted. nothing of interest really happened before the Renaissance. And you the Jews are here, like we have thousands of years. Nah, not important. Not important. Nothing. Nothing of interest really happened before about fourteen fifty or so. And that's, the Asians like Genghis Khan. Oh, whatever. Forget it. Forget Leonardo. it. Leonardo. Nothing of interest that happened like east of Istanbul either. So, mm. or, yeah, it's east of Istanbul either. Nothing interesting. So it's fourteen fifty Renaissance, and I go to nineteen fifty Hollywood, just kind of trace how pornography, as our we understand it as a concept, developed from 
the very beginning as just kind of a way of like satire to the very end of what you see in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Would you interchange the words uh, obscenity and porn? Well, I use that when, you, when you're talking about historically, the word pornographos, meaning drawings of prostitutes, mm-hmm. only existed probably about. Uh, oh, good. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, only existed. Ignore what I'm doing here. Uh, only existed, always only invented as a word about 1857. Okay. That is when they discovered what they found at Pompeii. They d- were digging up Pompeii and they found all these naked women on the wall, literally prostitutes on the wall. And they mm. were like, we need a word to protect the women and children from what we've discovered. So we're going to use this fancy Greek word, pornographa. Still have no idea what we're talking about. So if you look at it that way, pornography has only been around for like 150 years. Really? Interesting. I think that was the first place I saw those, like, um, I think the first place I saw, because I went into the bathhouses uh, at Pompeii when I went as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, rem- I always remember that. And that's how I wrote the joke. Uh, <laughs> that's the museum in Naples. No, no, it wasn't a museum. It was like when I was just like touring Pompeii. So like we would go into some of the um, older whatever spots. Got but it. But like as a child, site. you weren't able to go to the secret museum part of it. There's a secret museum Yeah, you gotta pay like eight extra euro and they take you to like the museum with all the extra stuff they found, like the dildos and the statues and the vases. With like all the Caesar bent and... over, taking it in the ass? Caesar is unfortunately a bottom. I, I just recently discovered this out. Is there porn of Caesar from back then? In a well, way? Well, it depends on how you wanted to find porn. Well, like, are there, <laughs> like, were there like maybe like satirical painting drawings of like you know, the government official taking it in the ass or something? Well, I couldn't really speak to ancient Greek, but there are lots of poems talking about Caesar being a bottom. Okay. Tullus and uh, even other, other other poets could agree that Caesar was actually a bottom. Well, like, like how so? How so? Like they agree that Caesar no, no. Was I mean, like, well, like this is like like verses in the in the shows. Yeah, it's Catullus fifty seven, and he goes on kind of to say like. Well, Caesar, he kind of likes it taking it like little girl in the bottom. And that in ancient Roman and Greek context, that would have been a way of like undermining your opponent and making him look weak. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's uh wait, so how did you even get into being such a nerd on porn? <laughs> Cuz like some people take nerding out on porn to mean like they know every Asa Akira movie she's ever done. Uh, and you were like, no, I'm going to go like older. I'm going to go all the way, fully old school. And mm. that's kind of what I was getting to earlier. Um, pornography, as we understand it, 150 years. But if we go back to the Renaissance, it's called erotic. I use the term erotic discourse. And it's a way of like making fun of the church, making fun of the king, and making fun of the, the state of every the culture. So you'd be, you put out this sexy poem about the pope fucking somebody in the ass and it's like a way of like slandering the pope like the equivalent would be donald trump porn mm. today with yeah the equivalent. like porn's not used like porn is not always used just to excite and to get off on it's sometimes used as like you know as satire as commentary and in the past that was the only way it was really thought of being used because you, people you weren't jerking around. off to that yeah, maybe. I I'm not like going to say whole... nobody's ever jerked off to it in the history of humanity. I mean, people have jerked off to so many things. There's... People have probably jerked off. To... People probably jerked off to the Donald Trump porn. People have jerked off to this podcast. Like people jerk off to so many things. People jerk off to Donald Trump, which is a real shame. Hey, well, like, <laughs> I, but, 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 like, uh, you know, it's it's when like when I saw when I remember that seeing the murals in the bathhouses, I imagined they were there to excite. Because and that's why they were like in the bathhouse. So it's like, oh, we're gonna go to the bathhouse. We're gonna get all, you know, horned up seeing this stuff and then bang. You in the Roman context, yes, but we can't think of it that way because they're all dead and we don't have any evidence really okay. of that. What we have is what the Victorians who discovered it figured out. 
and the damu is obscene and bad sure so it's only obscene and bad to them because after erotic satire it becomes obscenity and after it becomes obscenity it be- splits off in between something pornographic like we understand it and something just critiquing the state does your does your book cover non i'm going to use porn to mean like nude stuff meant to like excite my loins is do do your book cover obscenity that's not porn yes like what well there's a few different examples i guess you could take um obviously one of the first very first examples is martin luther his very first writings against the pope Mm. and you you wouldn't be like well he just he was just kind of making fun of the pope because he didn't like catholicism he was trying to make his own religion but what he would do, he would like go on about how the Pope was shitting himself everywhere, how the Pope's a filthy prostitute who's just like shitting himself and everybody's laughing at him. He'd use these cropophilic jokes, these scat jokes against the Pope. Cropophilic? Yep. Can you loving things down? Loving for lover me, of shit. Okay. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> fake smart person. There's a lot of books, and that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's a big bookshelf right behind him with like every all my books. And uh, that doesn't mean squat. I'm still an idiot. <laughs> well, he would. He, that's not, not really erotic. It's a way of okay. like making fun of the Pope. Sure. And that's not something that you probably wouldn't get excited to unless you had very specific tastes. True. No true. judgment. It's the 21st century. <laughs> right. Well, I brought this up with, as you heard, like with, with Hallie Lieberman, who wrote that book, Buzz, you know, um, comedy, the way like stand up comedy has been treated and certain arts have been treated um, in the same way as like pornography Precisely. under this like umbrella term of obscenity. And then who gets to determine it? As the Supreme Court said, they were like, we'll know it when we see it. I'm like, that's not fair. Exactly. I, and that's the point I'm making in my book, too, is that they, they were originally the same thing. They originally were the same thing. We uh-huh. get these two concepts of satire and porn from the very same source. Yeah. And that's when I trace. Under this big thing of badness. Yes. So it's not even like, what kind of badness? We don't want to talk about it. Just badness you're hitting on it perfectly yeah. oh, we sure. don't want to talk about it in front the of book. the women and we don't want to talk in front of, in front of the children and we uh-huh. don't want to talk about lower class men but between us educated upper class latin speaking men it's fine it's fine it's yeah cool. you can say anything launch you want so long as it's in latin and why is that because in today's day and age uh no one knows latin so it's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but that, but it's interesting because you think of like you know comedians like lenny bruce who was you know, arrested on obscenity charges multiple times. Or it's not even like, and that was the thing that upsets me. I'm a big rules guy. So it's not even that it's like, we don't want to follow the rules. People were like, give us the rules. And no one wanted to. George Carlin, right? Seven dirty words you can't say on television. It was all about how he's like, I just wanted a list. He was like, I'll follow the rules. Just give me the list of words I can't say. And I'll just not say those words. And they were like, no. And so he was like, he came up a bit that has the the words you can't say he yep. made up his own list which kind of impromptu became the list yeah that wasn't the list till george carlin was like i think this is the list well george carlin was lucky to live in a time in which if you made fun of the state in that way mm-hmm. you didn't get executed and that true. wasn't true for the vast majority of human history uh so to make your caesar porno mural was like a was very risky Yes, very risky. And to make your poem about the Pope, very risky. Mm-hmm. To make your poem about or your story about the state, like Marquis de Sade, you end up in jail or in the insane asylum for the whole rest of your fucking life. True, true. 
Uh, that's so, it's just so wild. When, what got you even interested in all this? Oh, so I went for a master's program in history. At Nerd. Your, okay. Sorry. 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 It's okay. I'm wearing it. I've, I've come to terms with it. I've come to terms with it. Brian's <laughs> looking like a story and I'm wearing a tank top by accident. It's, uh, <laughs> we have a, a huge, you know, we're just doing Revenge of the Nerds 17 over here. So uh, I went to Drew University for my master's program, which is like just outside the city. I lived in the city for a little bit and uh, New York City, I guess I should specify. Oh, okay. Um, and I, then I moved to New Jersey because New York is way too fucking expensive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, was not able to do that. But um, Drew University, I, I was doing my research kind of um, just getting a history major in like British literature. And then for a master's, you have to do something unique that's mm -hmm. never been done before something that nobody's ever really talked about and i was interested in like book censorship but everybody's done religious censorship and everybody's done political censorship mm. the new field is sex censorship it's not really been looked at not really been talked about so i started doing history of the book and history of sexuality to develop like why do we have this idea of pornography why do we get here from where you could just put it up in a, on a wall in a museum and it was art to is it going to get you in jail and probably killed right and and I mean, was were you like super nerded? Like, were you super into porn before then? No, actually, surprisingly, <laughs> it, it kind of like I kind of stumbled into it by accident. Do so, you fix your batteries? No, you're fine. I'm just I, I'm just keeping an eye. I just wanted to have them handy for if it if it goes. Okay. Yeah. Um. No. I. I it. Strangely enough, I've never I've never really liked porn all that much. Like, of course, watched it as any young boy would do and we had scramble porn and you had to hit the side of the television kind of hope that was a breast you're jerking off to mm. but never really got interested in porn so to speak um until like i got interested in like the academic debate of it so now i'm like researching like more as like an academic way so then what do you jerk off to <laughs> i guess that's probably like... a question i should have expected um i don't really have a particular thing to jerk off to i guess um the shakespeare play is so good uh <laughs> i would i kind of i go back and forth between like just i'll just browse reddit until i find something that looks vaguely appealing for my current mood um i'm doing a, but you're looking at porn that's what i'm trying to get at is like if you, if you weren't interested in porn really and then then you start studying porn but you weren't like getting into porn to jerk to you're getting into porn to write about it and to study so then it's like well then what does one jerk it to if the if if "Quote unquote porn isn't the thing, or do you now? I I um I would say I probably the most. I'm very very compersive. I'm very very into just finding what other people find attractive, and like I'm like oh I can look at this from I can kind of see what you find this hot or attractive in this, and like maybe I can get off to that. Mm. That that to me is like a really interesting angle to look at it. Or from. Like the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, or yeah, or, or like there's there's a subreddit or what? There's a subreddit right now that I'm doing a, a research project on called NSFW411, and it's like a 411 website where you can go like I want more of X, and X could be like a dominant woman or uh. cunnilingus or something like that, and then people request that, and then other people will answer. <sighs> those questions so okay. my, my research is kind of like developing like how they're asking for advice or they're looking for their porn suggestions right, right. and then okay. i'm like oh well i can kind of see how you find that attractive and I, I guess that that's to me is like something i can enjoy from that angle i uh i like on in terms of like porn subreddits that aren't porn um there's there's what is it i think it's called tip of the penis 
Yes. Like so this is the reverse of tip of the penis. Yeah. So in this subreddit, it's kind of like the it's going off the phrase, you know, oh, it's uh, what's the thing? It's on the tip, tip of my tongue. Tip of my tongue, right? It's so it's on the tip of my penis. It's someone trying to describe a porn that they've seen. They are trying to find this porn again, but they don't know how to find it. And so they'll be like, oh, it had this actress, or like this was the this was the storyline, or it was from this era, and they'll try to throw as much as they can. And then, yeah, people will fill in underneath. Like, was it this video? Was it this video? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, nerds. (laughs) Love it. Um, Yeah, those are pretty fun. There's there's like a lot of subreddits like that or ones where it's like, oh, which subreddit do I put this image in? Right. Yeah. Uh, So even in the vast world of Reddit porn, there's also like the... uh, assisting you in finding porn of you know reddit porn threads and that that's actually one of the research papers i'm doing right now is like why do people do this and how do they sort porn that's different from the way like pornhub.com sorts it well the sorting is interesting we can get into that like with how reddit how with all the different subreddits but i think uh in terms of the why it's uh trying to just trying to help a guy out right 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 camaraderie but like brotherhood. they're not getting they're not getting money for it. They're not getting no. paid for it. They're just getting the self satisfaction of having somebody else get his rocks off. Is, look, why do you go to Burning Man and give someone batteries? Because you know what, they might give you <laughs> a back rub later, or they may have some shampoo. This is just a it's a community. So um, it's like the great pornographic karma wheel. Yes, in it, which if you give enough porn to somebody, it will come back to you in return. Look, you can give a man <laughs> a porn link, and he'll be able to jerk it for a day. But teach a man how to find that porn link, and he will be able to jerk it for forever. That that is that might be the wisest thing I've heard today, or ever on this show, uh, or ever. I, on I don't know how show. long you've been listening. I don't listening, know if I go but... that far. <laughs> I don't know if I go quite that far. Well, so now Reddit subreddits are fucking fascinating because they break down so specifically, right, to an almost uncomfortable level. Yes, like there is. I mean, if you just talk about this, and I'm not even going li- to be able to list all of them, but if we're just talking about like bigger girls you've got our chubby our thick our curvy our bbw our sbbw our ssbbw which is like super super big beautiful woman uh there's our slightly chubby that's seven right there off the top women of, of color head. chubby um feeders for people who oh, yeah, are like the, into that then, there's stuffers, then yeah. there's stuffers gone wild cuckold um cuckold chubby cuckold impregnation chubby chubby pregnancy we can do our prego i guess we can deeper and deeper i tend to separate the pregnant from the chubby uh i find them to be slightly different things for me but yeah the idea if you were on your own mission to find something you found hot then yes yeah yeah so there might be a big difference in uh material i guess so so we just listed like about 10 10 plus subreds just for like slightly bigger women and we barely even delved in dived into like what situation are they in? What race is she? What age? Right. And so in in on Reddit, there's like a subreddit for everything. Subreddits um, with hashtags. What's what's your what's your favorite subreddits to jerk to? I don't have one again. So like I, I just kinda, I bounce around. I bounce around from like place to place. But I'm I'm what I'm doing right now is like studying a research of like why does it get so fragmented? How do people develop these fetishes? Because we don't really have any. We don't know how people come into fetishes. Like some theories say like, oh, it's uh, it's just something they found hot at the child, or which can be true in many cases. Or it's like they found one thing like oh they saw somebody getting spanked and then they ended up in crazy hardcore BDSM. We had this like 
story of corruption of your mind that happens if you watch too much porn. I don't think that... Like, to be into, like, to be into feet, something had to have happened, even if it's not traumatic, like, you being into a specific thing is a deviation, not just how you are. Right. In the same way that we once thought homosexuality was a deviation, not just how someone is. Right. And to think of what that does, that privileges the white, normal, straight man as mm. the mode against what everything else is measured. Oh, that sweet, sweet privilege. Oh, I feel so good. You're, you're basically Adonis. That, that, that's what that says, is that whatever weird thing somebody else is into, because it's not what you are, then it's wrong. As Billy takes off his shirt and exposes his like doughy, undisciplined body, he says, well, you're basically an Adonis. <laughs> well, I mean... That would in be in what subreddit in male curvy. BBW. There is well, there are dudes who post on stuffers, of course. Um, in 2018, Amer- McDonald's America, like yeah, I am kind of an Adonis. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, you're not that far off from David himself. If you were looking at the statue of David, yeah, if David just like had a steady diet of carbs and pizza. You know, I I think he'd look like me. You probably rock a far yeah. I mean, if you if you want to like. David's not that ripped. He's not like Schwarzenegger ripped. He's pretty damn ripped. (laughs) He's not Schwarzenegger ripped. He's pretty. Yeah, but that's different. That's bodybuilder. I'm just talking about like healthy, um, you know, top five at the swingers resort. That's (laughs) sure. But to get get back to what we're saying is like that kind of like I'm kind of like trying to say like, why do we have this idea of like corruption like this child discovers something erotic so in 10 years he's gonna be like addicted to porn and like on the streets and whatever right. it's like and that's why so many states are trying to ban porn and trying to care care porn are they the- trying i mean are states actively really trying i know it was like part of the 2016 gop party platform and if i have republican listeners which i'm still shocked if i do uh but if i have any republican listeners who are like oh like it's fine they're not gonna do i mean they put it in the platform they didn't just it wasn't a couple of candidates who said, oh, we don't like porn. I'm talking it's in the fucking platform. Did you know 27 states and more have now talk- talked about declaring porn as a public health crisis? Uh, I've heard something like that, yeah. 27 states in the past four years. And what they're doing, is the, not the first step. You declared a public health crisis. Okay, now they have to do something. And now you it. have more executive power where maybe you don't necessarily need your state, uh, your state's Congress... State's congressional approval. I got there. I figured out how to say Tennessee, it. Utah, and South Carolina are taking the next step in which they're investigating taxing computers to like try to make a porn filter. Mm. Or they're gonna be they're gonna say, like, oh, if you've ever been damaged by porn, you can sue porn companies. That's the next step to try to bankrupt the porn industry. Mm. And once they take an industry that, already uh, you know, struggling. Already struggling. And now they're trying to go at it from a political angle too. So we're actually living and that's just not just in the United States. And this also isn't theoretical. Yep. It's been happen. banned in South Africa, India, crackdowns in Germany, England. So for the very first time, we're living in the biggest anti-porn resurgence. Well, England didn't ban porn. I just want to clarify. I know because I know what you're talking about. But they made some pretty heavy restrictions on what porn is like allowed. No fisting. No face sitting. No BDSM. Uh, so they didn't ban porn. I just want to clarify before someone goes like, we have porn. But that's the first step. And now they're talking about even increasing restrictions. Of course. Um, but I, I don't I just don't know how realistic it is, at least in this country, because it just they're all Utah watches so much porn. Like every time Pornhub releases a new map of like their usage, 
Utah is huge. Like, y'all watch fucking porn. It's strange how the most conservative states seem to have the most uh, porn news. But that's why, and because they also have these unhealthy attitudes towards sexuality, that's also why they declare it like a public health crisis, because they do believe it's a health crisis. Right. They do. Be- that's the thing. It's I, I think we always have to remember, us uh, wonderful liberals, on the... <laughs> always absolutely right 100% of the time, but absolutely not really uh, side. <laughs> we have to remember that most of the people who believe something other than us, they truly believe it. Like I, I had a buddy from Ohio who explained it this way. He's pro-choice. But he's like, you have to realize the people from like my hometown who believe of who are against abortion, they believe that that fetus is a baby. Right. So... They think you're killing babies, not aborting a fetus. Mm-hmm. If you thought people were killing babies, of course you'd be against it. So it like, although they are wrong, 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 they are incorrect, just a factually incorrect. The logic of how their brain got there, which is a piece of misinformation, is totally rational. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, if you really believe this is a baby that's being killed, it's it's... Then it gets into politics, and we have to do the very best we can to well stamp out like that that sort of political movement. Well, well the pro- take I mean, control women's bodies, right? But at the same time, like it isn't just factually speaking, it's not killing a baby. It is a fetus. Right. It is not a baby. But these people think it's a baby, and they do believe that. So if you thought people were killing babies, you would obviously try to stop that. Mm-hmm. They're just very misinformed, and the same thing goes with like public health crisis with porn. People go like. Porn addiction and like, uh, it, like a health crisis. Like, but it's not. But if you thought it was, of course you would try to ban it. Right. And it's exactly. so weird how just like these little bits of misinformation cause such a huge fucking clusterfuck. Because what happens if you do get that sort of uh, enough states to agree to do that, or enough states to start going after the porn industry? They're, they're not rich people they're not rich like they were in the 60s and 70s they don't have the kind of lawyers to fight like they did anymore and if you have the supreme court changed then you could very well have porn be banned illegally well porn i mean realistically porn is never going to get banned nationwide but the thing is you know it's just like even if they were to re hopefully knock on wood don't um but if like roe v way were overturned it's like what's most likely it's like it wouldn't be banned nationwide but it would be heavily restricted in certain states and so, like, a state like New York will probably be just fine. But, like, if you live in Texas, you're pretty fucked. Right. And and so, same thing with porn. It's like, I don't think they're ever going to ban porn. But will they maybe be able to stop interstate mailing of porn? That's, that's, I right mean, back, that, that's a flashback to the 1850s. That's flashback to 1990s. That's <laughs> the 1980s. That's what Allie Lieberman was. It's uh, yep. kind of what her book's kind of all about. Just, uh, you know, whether it be sex toys or, or, or porno mags. Um that that that's kind of the the scarier thing uh but i don't think they'll they'll ban porn but they'll just make it very inconvenient and then we're gonna you know just get a lot of viruses on our computers trying to get at it one in point though do you think like super inconvenient like so inconvenient it, it's the same thing as a ban well depending where you live right i mean that's the thing abortion was not is not illegal in texas mm-hmm. but when they had the when the trap laws were still on the books um or being enforced in texas it was so uh hard to obtain if you were especially if you were poor and lived you know 300 miles from the near one of like eight abortion clinics Mm -hmm. then yeah like it was effectively you couldn't get it but it was technically legal so it's like yeah if they make it very very difficult to obtain the porno they'll just be like oh well it is legal 
if you live in New York City, it's fine. But, you know, if you live in Oklahoma, they'll be like, oh, fuck off. You know, and then you're going to have people just travel across. It It will be like with the gambling and online gambling. You know, in New York City, illegal. In New Jersey, it, it was le- it's legal to, like, play online poker. So I have buddies from my, my days as an underground poker dealer. <laughs> I don't know how many people remember that that was a job I did for four years. Uh, I, I have buddies who used to, they would drive, they moved, actually, from Queens, Brooklyn. They would move to Hoboken, Jersey City, just so they could play online poker legally because they used to grind out multi-tables playing online poker and then there was the black friday where they all got shut down and when it got legal in new jersey they moved across state lines so they could do it there um i think what happens if you ban porn in many states you're just gonna see a lot of states with people moving out or the motels on the state lines on the other side are gonna get very pricey exactly (laughs) and that's what i'm trying to I don't, there's no one single open person can prevent it, but I hope by through doing research you can't on how stop these it. things. Get your fucking cape on, Brian. <laughs> you by need doing to be, research on these things, you at least have science to back up what you're saying. You need to be the, 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 the deaf, savior of porn. You need to be the deaf porno superhero role model for all the other young deaf kids who love porn out there who grow up and, and need, need an idol. <laughs> Get your fucking cape on. I'll be Save Beethoven, this Beethoven a porn. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fucked up. I, uh, I trust that after the midterms, everyone go vote. Uh, I, forget, I don't know when this comes out, but if there's still time to vote, go vote. 56 days, 55 days. Yeah, I don't know. This, dude, I bank these far in advance. Like, I had an episode come out in July that I recorded in January. So, <laughs> so go go. There's go a vote, delay please, on these. Please. Yeah, if if you can't vote for 2018 midterms, you know, vote the next thing you can vote for. Uh, dog catcher is probably coming up, but <laughs> I just you know I I trust that I, I I think the porn industry right now. I mean, who the fuck am I to say? But I think I think getting people to pay for porn is more of my focus. Hotmovies.com slash bonus code manhorn. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more my focus uh, than the legislative stuff. Until I see some people going, you know. I just think that one's a so much easier to stop because as soon as any congressperson or senator comes out and says, we're introducing this anti-porn legislation, we'll just, I'm sure the hackers will do our job for us and release all the porn that that senator watches. You know, Ted Cruz so, likes Corey Chase and hey, so do I. I mean, you two are united in your love for Corey Chase. Oh, still trying to get Corey Chase on this show. Yes. And I mean, to be honest, if that's not true bipartisanship, then nothing is. Bipartisanship? Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think we need it's it's more important to get people to pay for the porn and keep it an industry that is alive and well. Precisely. Um, I think, like I said, I think the legislative stuff will work itself out. I think hackers have a wonderful sense of justice. And I think they will be. Yes. Such justice that they've elected the next president, the current president. Wrong. I'm an American. <laughs> okay, American hackers. <laughs> My point, though, is to kind of like it's like a double-edged sword, and like you, um, different people are coming at it from different angles, and you're trying to get people to pay for their porn and keep the industry alive. And I'm trying to say we need to examine these myths we hold about porn because if we don't, then the uh, the only people controlling the microphone are the Republican congressmen or the conservatives who are against porn. Yo, we got microphones. We do. We do got microphones. As white men, that makes us very privileged. Yeah. Uh, we better hold on to them just in case. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're very social justicey. I don't know if that's the term I'd use, but I, th- I guess the it's, term I, you like to use. Uh, 
See, I am social justice I just don't like to admit it. But <laughs> you're just like, I am. I just, just like, just like you words. do not like to admit that you're a feminist. I'm just saying I, I have integrity about my value systems. And if y'all call me a feminist, then God bless you. All right. All right. I think, I think one of the things that I value about your show is that you're doing something that is worthwhile. And like, sometimes, yes, it can dive, dive into like, I don't know, porn or like funny things, or, but like you, you're trying to do something that is actually worthwhile and you're putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way and you're putting like, you're grappling with some of these issues from listening to you in when you first began 2011 to 14, 14. Uh, no okay. Reason. From listening from when you first began to now from like how you developed over like seeing, accepting certain kinds of sexual identities and certain kinds of uh, relationship identities is yeah yeah demisexuals go live your life whatever i don't care anymore see i can evolve as a demisexual i'm very happy for you i'm very happy you come around to us into I, our camp I, it's not that i came around <laughs> no, and that was always my thing i never said that's not a way people feel i was just like we don't need a word for it it's just because i was like that, that's, you know to be honest that's the way i felt about it because when i was first explained to me i was like Oh well, it's people who need an emotional connection with somebody to be aroused. I'm like, isn't that isn't that normal to me? To me, go to Iowa, and that is just the standard. It's like I, I don't know anything about Iowa. I don't know, but I'm it, just it saying, kind I'm of just conservative. Saying, you go to approach, conservative yeah. areas, yeah. That's just the standard. Yeah. Uh, they, there's that's what. Then that's the only reason I don't think there needs to be a word. But also, like, I don't give a fuck as much anymore. So it's like, go call yourselves what you want. Uh, somebody wants me to call them a Piccadilly, like. I think it's silly and dumb, but fine. Go be the best Piccadilly fairy, whatever you can be. Maybe not use that word. Not with the historical issues. A Piccadilly fairy? Don't tell me there isn't one. So if I go on Tumblr, I will find someone who says Piccadilly fairy. Piccadilly has like slightly southern Wait, racist tones. Oh. oh no! Oh no! What did I just say? I thought I like half made something up. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong, but isn't I, there a Piccadilly cir- circus in 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 England in London? As far as I'm, yes, you're Isn't right. Like there a is road? a Piccadilly Circus, but as far as I'm aware, it comes from historical connotation with black cotton pickers. Oh shit! But you know, to be honest, I, 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 could, I could be completely wrong about that. I'm not an entomologist. I have so many beeps I need to install. <laughs> oh fuck! I said it like five times. I feel. I feel. I don't. It's not like obviously racist. It's not something like people would get like upset at you for. Yeah. It, but you just have to, like like I, certain I, words. I guess. It's, I feel enough. like Elder Cunningham when he found out what Hasidiga Ibuai meant. He's like. I said it like 17 times. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. But yeah. Oh, so you, you identify as demisexual? I guess. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Not needed. Just live your life in the case. Whatever. Um, but but you uh, you prefer you know emotional connections before you, you bang out with people. Yeah, definitely. Okay. For sure. I definitely prefer to have like an emotional connection with somebody. And that to me is more important than even like a physical connection. And that's partially because like... Not because I have a low sex drive, I have a rather high sex drive, but it's more like I'm such a giver that I want to um, be in a position where I'm making sure I'm satisfying my other partner. And to do that, I need an emotional connection with them. I don't see that's the thing. I don't need I don't need an emotional connection to satisfy or want to satisfy. I either need to think they're really, really hot and not a fucking piece of shit, um, which is not, you know, sometimes you run into really hot people and you're like, oh my God, you're so vapid. This is <laughs> such a turnoff. Um, or, or yeah, like be, being into something, you know, when I talked to Luke Jackson, mm-hmm. the male escort, you know, one of the things I asked him was like, what happens when you have a client, like, you know, and 
Luke Jackson, male escort for women. He uh, he said, I find something. I find attractive. Yeah, whether it is their eyes or their sense of humor, their smile, they've got great tits, or they have a very interesting viewpoint on this issue. He's like, I will find something to find attractive and then focus on that. So if I want to get like super service oriented, like, yeah, that's what I'm going to find. I'm going to be like, yeah, maybe this, that, and the other thing on her. But like, oh, my God, I love her smile. Or, oh, she makes me laugh so hard. Uh, that will make someone more attractive to me. That to me, like, that to me, like, I I really like that strategy. And I, I probably have employed that in the past. But to me, like, it's a lot of energy to, like, find something specific and focus on that. When I'd rather, rather have, like, a deep emotional connection with somebody where I know, like, this is good for them. Or I can have that open communication with them. I mean, if I have to work really hard, then obviously, like, I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't want to bang them. And I don't. Um, and it's interesting how there are things that work in the opposite way, yeah. where you are attracted until things come up. They're a bad kisser, bad kisser, or you know, Trump supporter, or like at the at at the, when I was at Desire, there was a woman who like she was blowing me, and at one point a guy came up behind her and started fucking her. I don't think he was wearing a condom, and I know it wasn't her person. Oh so, yeah, and then you then you get you're stuck in your head about like uh I was like, okay, like I'm okay blow getting blown by you, but like I do not want to like later that night she ended up at my suite. It was the first night at Desire. Um this is even after she compared me to her daughter, which was weird. <laughs> oh yeah, uh so so like real gender bender. <laughs> so so I'm at the hot tub at Desire, uh, and it's the late night. It's basically like it's so weird. There um I think I think I wrote it down on my other sheet. Uh Kenzie says in the Desire episode, she said, there is no such thing as time at Desire. Like, there, there's no time schedule. You don't go, what time is it? You just, it it's pool time. Then it's hot tub time. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, take a nap and go get dinner time. Then it's bar time, disco time, slash playroom time. Then you either go back to your room time or go to the uh, hot tub again. And that's just how the schedule is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. No one's ever really looking at the watch. There's kind of like, yeah. Where is everybody? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so I'm at the hot tub the second time around, late night. And I'm with this like little crew of people I've been chatting with. And I'm sitting on a ledge. And I was making out this woman. This woman comes up to me and just says, like, you are just beautiful. Just straight up comes up to me, puts her hands on my cheek, says, you are beautiful. And then kisses me. This is not a very, like, may I do X, Y, Z type of culture. Yeah, right. Which is, you know, it's fine. Uh, so, But she starts making out with me. And then she starts blowing me. Uh, and then I come, great, and we're talking later in the hot tub, and I forget what I said. Oh, I think I was talking about like my body. I just made like you know my usual self-deprecating remark, and she was like, she was trying to you know obviously say like no, you don't. And then she's like, oh, you remind me of my daughter with the way you talk about. And I'm just like, ooh, not the, <laughs> not the sexiest comparison. <laughs> Remind me of my daughter. Oh, yeah, I definitely want to fuck you now. Um, now, if she had said you remind me of my son, I was like, oh, we, we could work with this. Um, <laughs> and so later she ended up at my place and uh, she was like, I really want to fuck you. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, but we can do X, Y, and Z. And the main re- one of the big reasons for it was because I saw her fucking this dude without a condom. It was a huge turnoff. Because if I don't like, yeah, like I can take my own precautions by using a condom. Right. But at that point, like I'm just like turned off that you exhibit such poor judgment. Mm-hmm. As Dan Savage says, you know, poor judgment can be a turnoff. Yes, absolutely can. That yeah. by kissing, like, poor judgment probably even like the bigger turnoff in some senses. Mm-hmm. And so you, uh, one of your partners is uh, is an asexual person. That's true. Yes. How's that going? Uh, it's actually been a it's been a strange experience for me. Um, 
I, uh, I'm, I'm a very, very sexual person, and I usually, I like to be a giver when it comes to a relationship. It's like going down on somebody or like making sure they get off first and then getting myself off. Like normally you're like, I'll spank you, I'll eat you out, and she's just like, yeah, just give me some anime. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's a kind of a complicated story that would take way too long to get into. But I've known her. For, I've known her for five years through a friend of a friend um, through Ask Historians. Uh, her best friend and my, a good friend of mine is on Ask Historians, which is the world's largest academic history forum. Um, we get it. Everything you have is big. It, uh, so big, so big. Um, and uh, I, I met her that way, um, and we just became friends, and we just happened to end up at the same grad school. Um, so I started hanging out with her more, and we started flirting heavily, and I started like doing my usual like flirtation strategy, I what, guess. Do you have a flirtation strategy? I mean, like, doesn't everybody? Is there a workflow? Do you have a, like a... Doesn't everybody do have, a... have like, certain things they go to? Well, what are your things you go to? I'm oh, sorry. Um, things I go to, I, I kind of like to get to know them emotionally i ask a lot of questions i get to um get a feeling for who they are as people um and that that's what working on building that emotional connection and and we we were at the bar and she was touchy and cuddly and i'm like oh this is going somewhere and then another night we were both texting and she was drunk and she's like i just have to say i'm asexual and i'm like oh that's that's fine i don't i don't care it's not a big issue for me but i guess she had come out to her best friend and it had not gone well at all he had like had a really bad reaction and he's like no you're not you're this because he had seen her hook up with other people in the past so therefore she must be sexual and he's a man with an opinion so it must be heard yes yes exactly very very like very you know what like if someone comes out to you as a thing and you disagree you could just keep it to yourself <laughs> he did not keep it to himself and that that really hurt her and she was upset um but i was i was like no this is fine and uh, here's, here's a couple books i read about it here's this great community i know that does it and here's some like asexual memes just to like make you feel like a normal person you're a normal person you deserve mm. to like be recognized for who you are i'm just trying to be nice and supportive of her um and then we yeah but we you're just, a little bit trying to like get into her emotional pants yes i guess but and she was just a good friend i cared about her i wanted her to be happy and healthy whatever she should choose or not to mm-hmm. do or not do and that's just kind of what i was going for and then the part of you like when you heard that you like before there was like some like cuddliness at the bar or whatever right you said yeah okay that, that, so yeah so normally one would go like okay cool this is like going well yeah did you look back and be like Oh, she's asexual. She was cuddling me. Oh, I basically went to like third base with her in her <laughs> mind. Like I went to asexual third base. We cuddled so hard at 3. that bar. 3.5 base, I guess, technically. Hey, yo, did you hear about Brian and Amber? Yo, they cuddled <laughs> in public. So hard. In public. In front of people. <laughs> They're crazy. I only I only cuddle with the lights off. It's very, very filthy. <laughs> filthy what they do in public these days. So she comes out to so you, send her some stuff, and then, and then how's that develop? Um, and then she she appreciated it, and um, I just kind of kept in communication with her because I was talking with her every day and hanging out like once a week or so. Um, and then we just like started making out and then not really communicating what was going on. And I was like, okay, do we need to stop? Is this okay? And she's like, no, this is fine. I'm like, okay, I just want to say that consent is all clear here, which is very important to me. Um, and then it just slowly, over week after week, at first we started making out, and then um she does like kissing a lot she likes hair pulling like that's fun for her it's not but it's like the weird thing about dating an asexual person like you start making out kissing going hot and heavy and then like usually people start going further but it's not there for her. it's like a wall it's like there's not any push further and that was a weird weird thing for me okay 
Um, and then, yeah, we, we, she went down on me and she was like teasing me and she just, she was like, she was all fine with this. And like, so she was doing things for you, not necessarily because she's turned on by it, but because she wants to do something for you. Right. And that, that to me is really, it's a new position for me to be in. And that's a, that's a common misconception about asexuals. People go like, well, you're asexual. You don't fuck. It's like, no, like asexual people fuck. Mm -hmm. They just don't experience the desire that necessarily that makes them want to fuck. And someone can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm often am. There's there's like asexual and like aromantic asexual. There's been a long, it's been a long time since that asexual episode I did. Right. (laughs) But just the idea of like they can because like they're physically capable of it. Sometimes they will choose to do that because they love their partner, but it doesn't mean that they, they get off on it. Just like some um, monogamous people date poly people, or some poly, poly people date monogamous people. Yeah, look, we all make concessions in relationships. Uh, Billy usually just forgives uh, the date of birth. You know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, she, she, um, she, she cannot physically have sex because endometriosis. Um, so, like, that's fine. Like, I wasn't. I, I'm very tend to be very focused on their pleasure first. How old is this person? She is twenty five. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm curious if the endometriosis had anything to do with like, like, is it a, I mean, again, I don't care. I'm not going to argue with mm-hmm. her. I'm just curious if like, cause I've heard about people who thought they were asexual and they identified that way until maybe they realized where their desires were. Maybe they were kinky. Maybe it was this, maybe they just didn't meet the right person. Maybe they experienced trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, not that. It, and yes, probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and so sometimes that does happen and that's okay. And that's fine. It doesn't make things less valid. Doesn't make it sexuality. And we, we tried some things to be like, oh, well, well let's, let's try this. I'm I'll try going down. I'm curious if the endometriosis you. had anything to do with maybe like uh, the the lack of desire around sex because like maybe it was tied to the concept of pain. Yes. I'm, I'm sure so, I'm like, sure it was definitely a contributor. The, and for. then it's like, was there sexual desires until desire was attached to pain? Oh, just thing to think about. Doesn't that affect my life? I don't care. It's right. Fine. Right. So mm-hmm. like that's that's just a really uh, to me that's just like a really interesting thing because normally I'd be like oh I'll just go down on you I'll I'd like to pleasure you right first. that's that's the go to that's just like the default right like as do you know the I think the more sexually evolved dudes of us uh, <laughs> that's just like go to it's like uh, you know at some point I'm gonna eat her pussy and then when you take that move away it's like I don't know what to do I, I'm gonna, floundering in the sea you're just gonna blow me this okay. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get, I'll get comfortable with this. Yes, yes. So the, the, that's that's kind of what's happening right now, and it's been it's been interesting because it's like you're having like this really strong emotional connection, and like the NREs, like the new relationship energy is going so strong, and like you have this that great, but like you don't have that as much of a drive to um, be with them and hook up with them constantly. It's, it's, much, it's much more of like a logical emotional thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, how long y'all been dating? Um, probably three months a month now yeah oh, so this is fresh it's fresh very fresh oh okay very fresh very new okay we'll, we'll check i'll check in before i put this episode down see how it's still going <laughs> no it's fine it's probably it's fine either way like I, I asked her before i like talked about anything sure sure or oh, i just meant more like i'm just i'm gonna be curious where, where things have evolved. oh yes i see I don't... <laughs> yeah so both my relationships i had a relationship of uh three and a half years and that just just ended and i just have two pretty very, messy very new i've uh i've i've heard Yes, very, very, very badly. My level of messy, or like a little shy of that, way over that. Over worse than mine, like worse than trying to ruin your career times two. 
There was some of that, and then there was like suicide ward stuff. So like I, it, it like doubled down bad on her side too. Mine had that uh, kind of. That's I probably shouldn't talk about that, uh, <laughs> but you can. <laughs> I'll talk about it a little bit. It was like a very long term relationship. We had she planned to move out to Indiana with me, where I just yeah. went for my second graduate program. But she, Nerd. I'm sorry, I just can't stop collecting degrees. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta catch them all. <laughs> Um, and then it just it, it ended really badly. It's like a bunch of things happened, and then I realized she'd been lying to me about like important financial stuff. And like, she, well, was she gambling your money away? Uh, she was like lying about like the financial situation she'd ended up in. Like, my parents had helped her out, and I'd helped her out. So, oh. like, it was a really bad financial situation. I I do not like mixing money with sex and love. Oh my, yeah. Um, like I had to insist my XP take. Like I I lent my ex money a couple times. Um, but like small amount, like I'll buy your sex party ticket and you pay me back whenever you or right. Look, if you're stressing out, here's two hundred. Like never enough that like I'll put it this way. I think in sex and love, you should not lend more money than you are okay never seeing again. Yes, like with a friendship, fuck you. Make sure you pay me back. Whatever, but like with someone you love, right? That's and because I'm so you know poor and things I uh you know the money if I were to give a large amount like that would cause strife but like yeah like a hundred two hundred dollars here and there like I could probably handle for someone super special and hope I get it back but like I'm not right. that's not the reason I'm giving I'm giving it because I want to help this and person. to me same thing money's like money can be like a real trigger issue for me especially because just Grenzer, yeah, I was raised yeah. so like oh. that was like a big relationship stressor and. It led to her lying about things about money, True. and that I ended the relationship um, over the money. Meant, no, over over the lying because I've uh, before. Oh, did it die? Don't don't okay. don't. This is my fucking show. I'm sorry, man. You I'm sorry. relax. I'm on so my used un- to podcast recording. I just have to take control. R- relax <laughs> on my uncomfortable stool. Goddamn it. <laughs> how how does being a porn historian is that w- a way to? accurately describe you a porn historian or i call myself a historian of the book who's interested in obscenity and pornography but yeah that doesn't really fit on i'm a stuck, card, I'm stuck now because of conan i'm stuck now forever with porn historian i mean you also have 140 characters in a twitter bio so you kind of gotta his porn hashtag his porn that's okay that's well uh, how do you, i mean oh, we'll put it this way you just you, if, even if you said you were an author or a historian they'll be like oh what was your last book on porn so porn historian until you have more books to say otherwise, my next book's gonna be on a similar topic, so, I so guess I'm I'm just straight fucked. Just get just get used to it, dude. Um, <laughs> but like, how's that? How's that factor into your dating, or does it not at all? I think it factors in some of some of the things I've been talking about, like being very cautious about like studying news or being like the creepy dude. Uh, I'm very very I'm very reluctant to like push boundaries. I'm very reluctant to like. I don't actually don't even know how to like start pickup lines. No, I mean like do women like like do you or do like the people you date have like (laughs) you say like, hey, like uh, what do you do for a living? Like, oh, I'm porn historian or however, you know, weird way you phrase it. Does that cause strife? Like do people not want to date you because of that or I have it out on all my weird, right? I have it out on my dating bios and my OkCupid and Bumber and uh, Mm. Tinder Tinder and everything like that. And I have it. Um, present, uh, just kind of like people around me know that, and I talk about it. I talk about like what I've done, and mm. like, so usually by the time it gets to that point, they've either like agreed to it or have they've already matched you, yeah, right. And I have the same thing in mind. Like in my Bumble, it says I like I do a sex podcast, and if that's going to be a deal breaker for someone, 
they're, we're not even going to end up in the talking phase. I find that so much more efficient than like I think having so the conversations and then I have to disclose the big scary thing, whether it's, you know, uh, being poly or having the sex podcast or being from New Jersey, like whatever it is. So you must you know? see like the match and then like you can tell they went back and read the bio and unmatch. Oh, when they instantly unmatch, I know exactly. Yeah, why. exact same. But thing. I think I think it's usually more because of the ethical non-monogamy. But that's what yeah. I think, too. And I, I think I guess I would double strike in the same mm. way as you porn historian and sex educator and non-monogamous. Sure. Um, the other thing is I asked you before when we started, I said like, so what sex orientation do we identify as? And, uh, you just made hand gestures. Yeah, really? Yeah. What's yeah. going on, dude? Um, well, you just had an episode with the Kinsey scale mentioned, didn't you? So Kinsey scale, I, I, I guess Kinsey scale, I would say two. I broke it. You, you did break it. I saw, I saw that. I didn't, I didn't realize you could break the Kinsey scale. A couple years later, I tried taking it again. Still broke it. I'm just a very interesting person. Your unique, <laughs> your unique soul. I'm a unique snowflake. Hey, I would have pegged you as like a one or a two. Really? Yeah. Uh if you because if you're gonna peg me for something, you peg me for like what, what's the highest number on it? Or peg you for marriage? Yeah. But what's what's the highest <laughs> six number? Is on it? Exclusively, six is exclusively gay. homosexual. I just, I feel like if someone's trying to guess me, I think they think I'm a four or five. I'm pretty. I mean, I just posted a picture of me crying on Instagram to Hamilton. That's that's gender roles. That's not sexuality. Yeah, and sadly, like dude bros who also wear tank tops <laughs> conflate the two. And the women who bang those dude bros. They're all just like, oh, gay. And I'm like, what? You know, someone retweeted it, uh, the picture. And you know, I, I it's with a funny caption, but they're all like Oh, Coon clearly he likes dick. He's at a musical and he's crying during it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been told I give off very feminine energy. Right. And I, I'm a crier too, especially at movies or plays. Mm. Can't even help myself. Yeah. I'm just shocked that you would have guessed I was like a one or two when I'm like, if you're guessing, I feel like people guess I'm a zero, right? Is that the is that the exclusively straight one? Yep. People I feel like are guessing I'm a zero or they're thinking like, oh, he definitely likes some dick. No, I would. I would. Peg I don't you, think I knowing your history. I would peg you like a one. Probably knowing my history, sure, but I feel like I give off the. Oh, giving off. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel I'd like I give, I give off like the no dicks or, yeah. or like I don't feel. I, I'll put it this way, I definitely don't give off a sometimes dick kind of personality. I feel like I give off of either none or like all the stuff. And I'm I'm sometimes I'm I'm give off the sometimes dick energy. Okay. I'm sure. Interesting. So you think you're like a one or two? No, I would or say I'm definitely two? a two. Okay, so what's I, I'm that interested mean? in men sexually, but I have a very complicated relationship with sexual assault in men. So, like, that's one one at things. And then, but like, I, I'm attracted to men. And I do like hooking up with men, but I've never dated men. And like, okay. trying to like do grinder is like fucking overwhelming, and I just can't even deal with that. Because like, have you, have you ever? I'm sure you've never downloaded grinder. No, drunk. I've never downloaded grinder. Drunk. Well, I'll drunk. I'll like get on grinder like really drunk at a conference. Be like, hey, I just want to hook up with somebody, and then like you'll get like 47 messages and like dick pics. It's like nonstop. It's like it's way too overwhelming for me. So did you suck a dick at Man Horcon? I did. I did. I'll be. I, I sucked a dick and ate a pussy at the same time. It was really fantastic. Was this was was our favorite the our the the? No, it was. Who'd you blow? Carl. Which dick did you suck? <laughs> Tell me. I'm pretty sure it was. Although, although I bleep that one out if you can. No, no, I'm beeping all names. <laughs> okay, I mean, okay. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm Carl. just. I'm but I, I was now. so drunk that at a point it was, it was we're pretty... at the end of the episode. I don't know who's still listening, so now I'm just gossiping. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I, uh, I ate Kenzie out and blew.
at the same time. That oh, was that's great. Fun. Until Kenzie tried to come down and help me, and then she tripped, and then we all fell down. <sighs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Okay. So and so, but the 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 being into men or the the accepting that you're into men is that that newer? I understand. Or no? I, well, I guess newer. Six years newer. Oh, that's not yeah, new. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, I th- I thought that was something newer. No, no. I guess trying to like make moves towards like pursuing it a little bit more. Maybe that's a little bit more newer. But that's just because I said like I download Grinder and it's like forty seven dick pics. Right. But um. Wait. So you download? But do you only download Grinder when you're drunk? Yes, usually when I'm black, I drunk at a conference. Do you, only hook, do you only hook up with dudes when you're drunk? No. Okay, no. that's good. I'm happy uh, to I've that. had like I had a really bad incident with one dude uh, after I, my first girlfriend that I broke up, and then my second dude I ever hooked up with was like a micro penis, which was very disappointing. And I feel like that doesn't you, if it's a second dude, you're like. I showed up for the hooking up with men experience, and this yep. is, uh, yep. you know, under delivering. Yeah, but I was like, I just wanted to be a bottom too. It, it, it was not, it was not working out well for me. So I guess the man horcon experience was an experience three. Really? Wait, yeah. so that so so being with men is newer. Maybe I should have phrased it that way. Trying, like tr- making an effort to like try to be with men. What's the difference between making an effort and hooking up with men? But the sexual assault aside from that. Uh. I guess it's very easy to sleep with men. So if you wanted to go fuck a dude tonight, you can get you can get laid real. So fast. you'll go to like gay bars or something. You're talking. So you're saying pursuing men like on apps or something. Or I'm 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 just yeah. trying to get an idea of uh, well, how man is thing. your third experience. It's the same it, kind of thing with like a demisexual. Like I need to, I need to have an emotional connection with them. So like ha- needing to have an emotional connection to be aroused to like be into that. So you've been with. <clears throat> I'm. I. This is probably the most straight I've ever sounded on this show. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, so wait, you've been with three men mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So it is newer. How many women that, would you say I've been with? If you know. if you had to guess, throw out a number. I have no. Throw fucking out a idea. number. Throw out a number. No, I genuinely have no idea. I and I could never guess, and I don't know your relationship history. I do not have nearly enough variables. To even fair, ponder, fair, I guess. Fair. It, but if it, you're telling me you've been with three men, but you're insisting it's not new, that's why I'm just like... My attraction to men is not new. Am yeah, I no, realizing no. that I'm attracted? Right. But you're hooking up with men is a newer thing. The physical part of it, right? I, I, I guess. Like, the last time I had an experience with men with a micropenis was four years ago. Okay. I will put it this way. You are... Then I, <laughs> I will change my wording, because we'll get away from chronological wording. <laughs> You are inexperienced with men. Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Yes, I'm inexperienced with men. So you four years ago was the last one, then Manhorcon, and now it's is this something you're gonna try to pursue more? Or, yeah, I guess. Or I don't more have hand much, gestures yeah, of not knowing. Yes, I don't. I don't have any time right now to pursue anything. I have an asexual relationship, and that that's wonderful and that's great, but like that's very low energy. Most of the time, she just comes over and cuddle and we make out, and that's it. And that's great. That's what I need right now. Okay. And then I have a more long just emotional long distance relationship, mm. and that's with Kenzie, obviously. Kenzie. So like, so neither of those are really big time sock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'll find time eventually once I finish my paper and my next book. And- I hope you get to finish this paper so you can like you know get <laughs> fucked by all the dudes you want to get fucked by. That's. It's about a less average amount of men, dicks, less average amount of men than. Have you not been? With, have you not been with a lot of women? 
Uh, under probably under twenty. Under twenty. Probably You're around fifteen. If I fifteen, how old am I? Yeah, I am like only a week or two older than you. Right, right. Twenty nine. So yeah, huh? What happened? Nothing happened. I, I've you been just, you I, just my, like, my shortest you... relationship was three years. Okay, so the, and that was that one, one year. I guess. And some one of them maybe monogamous. I was monogamous up until grad school, which was right about when you started this podcast. Yeah. Huh. I was monogamous until then. Not just the way you carried yourself at Manorcon and the orgy and just in general, because you hooked up with other people at the thing. So yeah. it's like, I just, I got the sense that I was like, oh yeah, Brian's like a ladies dude in that like kind of nerdy <laughs> poly way. You know, the nerdy poly guys, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I just, I pegged you as one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, aspiring. Aspiring man whore. Uh, <laughs> Very fun, man. Very fun. And uh, and uh, what, what uh, is there anything else that you think I should know? I don't know. We didn't talk about Kenzie. We didn't too talk much, about Kenzie. Yeah, she was she was really fine. excited to listen to her, us talk about her. For uh, an hour. Fuck that. She's had plenty of time <laughs> on air. She's been on three different episodes at this point. She had her own bonus show. <laughs> she was she was very she'll be very disappointed. But she she just said she's excited to listen to us both, which is like, oh, Kenzie, I'm so touched. Yeah. Really, she wants to hear about herself. Yeah, it's like, what what do you want? What do you? You don't want to hear two dudes say like that they're they're into you to, to sit. Well, down. I guess technically you're going to be interviewing Jace, which will be her your second metamorph hers you've interviewed, right? Yeah, that's not until I go to uh, to LA, and this will be out after I've been to right, LA, right. So. But like that would fast become let's interview Kenzie's metamorphs, Kenzie's past relationships. Yeah, you know, she'll do her own <laughs> spin-off show. Uh Brian, thank you so much for chatting with sure me. Thing. Very much appreciated. Uh I have one last question. It's very self-indulgent. Okay, go for it. Why are you a member of the fan whore community on Patreon? I think because I don't think anybody would start off by saying you're perfect, but what you're doing here is important. And I think it's a valuable thing to see how people change and how they're willing to be emotionally vulnerable on a show like this to interview their exes, which is something I don't think I would ever be brave enough to do. So seeing that and knowing that hashtag you should pay for your content mm. and your porn if you're a part of the kick group, but seeing that and experiencing that and watching you go through this and um, having a lot of things, I guess, and have a lot of things in the past that are similar to you and having experienced some of the same things myself and also because you also have a dash of like lots of intellectual people in this so that's all kind of a combination of that and i think it's important to support projects like this mm. as a society all right thank you man thank you now now where can people go find you on the uh, on the internets and where can they buy your book what's the name of the book again your your silly very forced Anal uh, reference. Annals. That's A N N A L S. Like you didn't have to say annals. You didn't have annals. Annals. And I can't even say it right. Just like I used to say, I think enamel pill pins. Enamel. Or is it animal? I think I used to say animal pins, but they're really enamel pins. Okay, I think they're enamel pins too. Yeah. So it's annals and an A L S of pornography. That's not with a Y, with an I E in the French sense. How porn became bad. I'm on Twitter at. Um, history of porn and uh, you can also um, find me on the ask historian podcast which is a podcast of the ask historian committee on reddit and little little tip on finding ask historians there's no space in between ask and historians right it's caused me much strife ask historians we're gonna have a one talk, word we're gonna have a talk about seo after this right uh, <laughs> ask historians one word on facebook and twitter and on reddit because you cannot put spaces in between subreddits mm-hmm. But yes, uh, it's the world's largest academic history forum. We and we interview famous historians. We interview people of the community, 
and we just kind of like talk very long form about history and in depth. Okay, okay. And you can always come find him in the Champagne Room or in the Peep Show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Manor Podcast. I am shameless, and don't worry, I hate me. (laughs) Don't worry, I hate me too, everyone. Um, (laughs) Brian, thank you so much for chatting with me, and uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. It was a pleasure. Did you you enjoy that one? I know, I know I did. And if you did enjoy that one, we do have a bonus episode with Brian coming out tomorrow, which will be available to all of my $5 and up fan whores on Patreon. And if you want access to it, hey, you know how to get there. Uh, Go check out Brian and Caitlin Bailey out on the internets. They're both doing great things. You can still find me on Twitter at TheBillyPresita. You know, say hello. Give me a little shout out. Tag me and Brian and Caitlin. Use the hashtag ManwhorePodcast and you let us know what you thought of the show. Please go like the Manwhore Podcast Facebook page until Facebook removes me from there too for doing the ungodly act of talking about sex. Uh, just search the Manwhore Podcast. I pop right up. And if you want to uh, send me your comments, your questions, your booby pictures, whatever, send that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Love reading your emails. Oh, they're so much fun. Uh, it's a great way to, to start my day. Last reminder, final chance. At the end of today, December 19th, I'm going to be mailing out those hand-drawn, limited-time-only stickers drawn by the wonderful Rosa S. Candone. If you want a little, you know, private man holiday surprise in your mailbox, become a member of my Patreon for at least $2.00 to get that sticker and a slew of other great rewards. Again, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Next week, I've got the hilarious Rachel Green. I'm very excited. I'm actually going to be talking with her tomorrow because I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, so I'm really excited for that one. It's probably going to be dope as fuck. So tune in next week for that. And until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and stay slutty.